This is Going Hokey with George Bresnahan. Let's tell the, the fairy tale Princess on a Glass Hill. It's really not about a princess. It's about Cinderlad, the third son of a farming family. And this farm is experiencing a crisis. They let the wild grass grow high every year so they can feed their their farm animals. And on St. John's Eve, which would be June 23rd at night, invariably the grass in their fields disappears. So the father asks the oldest son, to go out to the barn and wait till he hears something and find out who or what is taking all their grass. So he says yes. He goes out to the barn. And before long, the barn begins to shake. Um, the barn shakes terribly, and the young man becomes frightened. And it just shakes more, and he says, that's enough. And he runs out the big barn door and back to the house. The next morning, all the tall grass is gone. So they let the grass grow another year. And then the father approaches the second son and asks him to uh, go to the barn and close the door and listen for any signs of of uh, activity he agrees he goes out closes the door and the barn begins to shake terribly and then worse so he says well this is a bit much and he he runs out the door and back to the house the next morning they all wake up and their fields of grass are laid low the, the grass is gone so they let another year go by the rains and and the grass grows high and beautiful and by june 23rd and the father's not sure what to do because the family looks down a bit on the third son they call him cinderland because uh, he's kind of a stargazer he just sits around under the trees and and uh, reflects on life and he steps up and says i'll go to the barn for you daddy and the oldest two sons jump right on him and say, you aren't capable of, of doing any good out there. But he doesn't get upset with their words and goes out into the barn, closes the door. The barn begins to shake terribly. And he says, if it doesn't get any worse than this, I can stand it. Well, it gets worse, the, beyond terrible. The, it, and he says, if it doesn't get any worse than this, I can take it. Well, it gets worse to the point where it seems like an earthquake that's going to topple the whole barn right on top of him. And he says, if it doesn't get any worse than this, I can stand it. And lo and behold, the barn 
comes to a, a calm, a silence. There's peace. And all of a sudden he hears the sound of chewing outside the barn door. So he goes over to the barn door and looks through the crack between the doors and he sees this marvelous horse with a copper colored saddle and a copper uh, suit of arms. He opens the door doors and he says, Aha, you are the one who has been eating our grass. I will put a, an end to this. He takes out his flint and, and stone and he shoots a spark over the horse's head, which paralyzes the horse. He gets on the horse, carrying the armor in his one of his arms, and he rides the horse out to a nearby forest and ties him up. He comes back into the house, and they ask, well, what happened? And he said, well, not a whole lot of anything. And the next morning, lo and behold, the grass is tall on June 24th, the Feast of St. John's. So one year later, of course, they harvested the grass and, and, uh, and prosperity reigned on that farm for that year. One year later, they have the grass tall again. And Cinderlad is ready to go out again. And his older brothers criticize him again. Um, you're unfit to go out there. He does not get upset and says, Dad, I'd like to go out there. And he says, yeah, go for it. The dads talked like that back in those days. So he goes out there and the same thing happens. The barn starts shaking. He hangs in there. It shakes worse. He hangs in there. It's saying it shakes worse. And he says, if it doesn't get any worse than this, I can stand it. And the, the shaking subsides. And he can hear chewing outside the barn doors. He goes over to the crack in the doors and sees a magnificent horse with a silver colored saddle and a silver armor. He opens the door and says, aha, so it is you who have been chewing our grass. I will put an end to that. He shoots a spark over the head of the silver uh, adorned horse and paralyzing it. And he gets on the horse and rides it over to the same near nearby forest, ties it up and goes into the house and says, well, no, no nothing to really to report on. And the next morning, the grass is there, tall as can be, and they have another prosperous year. Now, a year later, on June 23rd in the evening, the dad wants someone to go out and protect the, the harvest of grass or other animals. And, and again, Cinderlad volunteers. Again, his older brothers criticize him. He does not let it bother him. And he goes out there into the barn. Again, the barn shakes terribly. He hangs in there, shakes worse. He hangs in there. It shakes worse to the point of about to fall on him. 
He says, if it does, get, does not get any worse than this, I can handle it. And the shaking subsides. And he hears chewing outside the doors of the barn. He goes and looks in the crack, and there's this marvelous horse with a golden armor on top of it and a golden saddle. And he opens the doors and says, Aha, you have been chewing our grass. And he shoots a spark over the head of the horse and gets on the horse and brings it over to the forest and ties it up with the other two horses. Well, now the story moves over to the castle of the local king of that kingdom. And he notices that his wonderful daughter has reached um, the age to marry. And he comes up with a contest to find a suitable husband for her. And he invites all the um, gallant young men of that and uh, nearby kingdoms to come. And he, he has a glass, kind of glass hill built, very steep. And he puts his daughter in a chair up at the top of the hill with three apples in her lap. And the object of this activity, this challenge, is for each young man, some young man, to ride his horse up the hill and take an apple and present that apple to the king and claim his prize, if you will, of, of the, uh, the young princess as his bride and, and, to, and to receive half the kingdom. So these men came from all over with their great horses, and one by one they approached the glass hill at a rapid trot. But with the first steps up the glass hill, they found the glass hill to be very slippery, and the horses were unable to get higher than one-third of the way up the hill. And they slipped down. And this happened to every prince and other young man on their horse. They tried two or three times, and their horses were exhausted, and they gave up. And just as everyone was about to call it a day, in the distance they see a horse coming and a man on it, and he gets closer, he's coming fast. And they see that it's a man in a copper armored suit on a marvelous horse. And he rides right past them with no introductions. And his horse does not slip down. He goes all the way to the top and turns around, does not reach for an apple turns around and begins to head back down the hill. The princess is impressed, and so she rolls an apple down the hill, and it catches 
in his shoe, and off he goes. He did not take his helmet off. No one knows who he is, and off he goes, back into the countryside. No explanation. The next day, the all the princes and other gallant young men try their best. Their horses try their best, but they all slip off and they're all exhausted. The horses are exhausted. They're about to walk away when in the distance they see a man on a horse. And as he gets closer, galloping quickly, they see that he is wearing silver armor on a marvelous horse with a silver look, uh, coated saddle. And he runs, rides right by them up the hill. And his horse does not slip down the hill. He goes all the way to the top, does not reach for an apple, turns around, and heads back down. The princess is getting rather interested in this young man, or some, whoever it is, and rolls him an apple. And it goes into his shoe, and off he goes. The next day, the same thing happens. All the prince's horses are run to exhaustion and then at the very end in the distance comes a man on a horse as he gets closer they see that he has gold armor on and his horse has a golden saddle it's, it's even a more marvelous horse than the other two he goes all the way to the top his horse not slipping he does not reach for an apple and he starts heading down and, and she rolls an apple toward him, which is collected in his shoe, and off he goes, all the way out to the countryside, unidentified. Well, the king wants to know who these three men are or what's going on. He wants a husband for his daughter, a prince for his kingdom, and he calls all the young men of the kingdom who are not married to come and see if they can present an apple to him. And all the men come forward and they are unable, they have no apple, but they come forward and, of course, make no progress. Cinderlad wants to go with his brothers to watch this incredible spectacle, but the, the brothers say, well, it would be a waste of time to bring you. And so they don't. And so, he's, so he comes on his own. In fact, on the way, he changes clothes with an old man. So now his clothes have holes in them. He gets to the castle, <clears throat> and the king says, Well, is there anyone else left? And the young man, Cinderland, says, Well, I haven't come forward yet, sir, your, your highness. And people start criticizing him because he's young and, and his clothes are, are torn. But the king says, No, my rule was that every single man should come forward. And so he says, young man, do you have an apple? And he says, sir, your highness, I do. And he pulls out one apple, then a second apple, and a third apple. And he is married to the wonderful young woman, the princess, and he inherits half the kingdom. They live happily ever after. And that's it. Thank you.